bottom bum bum Welcome to the Bucket of Beef Show. Yeah, it's a beef train. All aboard on the beef train. All aboard on the beef train. All aboard on the beef train. Welcome to Beef Town. Population you and me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bucket of Beef Show, episode number eight. Woohoo! My name is Luke Hodson. My name is Alex Morrison. We have a great show for you today. Luke, what's going on in your life, man? What is going on in my life? Yeah, I'm taking it easy. I got a, a busy week coming up. Um, what some are we doing this Interviews week? and meetings about some fun artistic projects Ooh. and auditions. And yeah, keeping at it. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, kind of a similar boat, I think. There have been a lot of really uh, fun opportunities coming up. The weather is starting to peak a little bit so i've been getting out and out and about doing some fun stuff it is the weather has been so nice recently yeah which is not and a good I thing i can taste spring coming <laughs> well it's march now yeah i guess so i'm i'm not mortified yet no. give me 25 years <laughs> 25 no. years yeah. and you'll be like mm, this You're is a like, problem damn i knew i should have brought bought property in omaha <laughs> <laughs> made a bunker yeah exactly something <laughs> Something to protect me. Yes. So, what do we have on the docket today, man? So, today we're talking about two very special movies. One potentially a little more culturally relevant than the other. Absolutely. But I think some people could make the argument for the latter. Absolutely. We will be talking about two very fun films. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And... <gasps> Kangaroo Jack! Yeah. So two yeah. two very highbrow films, yeah. both both very well received by critics, of course. Very much so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get into a synopsis for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Great. So off-the-cuff synopsis for – I'm doing this one, right? No, I'm doing this one. Oh, you're, you're doing, doing this one. Jack. Never mind. Yes. Uh, take it away. We're switching it up this time, gang. Okay. So here's my synopsis, and I'm not going to sound like a child. And this is actually going to be – listen, this is going to be a really good synopsis. I'm ready. Okay. I have my sour gummy worms. <laughs> Evelyn Wang owns and operates a laundromat with her husband and daughter. It's a very mundane life until one day a version of her husband from a different universe comes and explains to Evelyn that she could be the key to saving the multiverse from – Joe Butapaki. Will Evelyn be up to the challenge? Will she save the multiverse in its entire in its entirety? Yeah. Question mark and synopsis. Boom. That was boom. Greatly improved boom. from the last synopsis. Very good. I had time to think about it. This <laughs> time. Excellent. So, uh, for everyone that's listening in, I have seen everything, everywhere, all at once. I think this might have been my third or fourth time watching it. Uh, Alex had never seen it before. Yeah. So I'm very curious to to hear what you thought, Alex. Like any initial thoughts on the film, then we can kind of go into it sort of beat by beat. Yeah, I mean, I was very excited for this one because it was directed by the Daniels, and me and Luke have an affinity uh, toward them for sure with their uh, movie Swiss Army Man. Um, it's just j- just the way that they go about their action and comedy and um, their their serious notes, their beauty. And when this came out, I don't know what happened. I just wasn't really able to see it mm-hmm. just very busy at the time um but initial reactions man i mean i it was it was just as exciting as i expected it to be not any more not any less um i had high hopes and it definitely uh hit that ceiling for me which is really cool in a in a great way it's such a fun movie 
It is like, such a fun fu- movie. It's so fun and imaginative and goofy and complex. There's just so many things happening. Really quick offshoot from this film, and to talk a little bit more about the directors. Um, my girlfriend recently told me that the Daniels also directed uh, the music video for Turn Down for What? What? They did. Wow. The Asian guy that's dancing and has, like, the, the gyrating penis. Yeah. Uh, that is one of the Daniels. No way. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. They're just kind of – I mean, anything they put their hands on is kind of going to be magic, it, it seems. Like, they just have a way of oper- operating around this, this sphere of strangeness that, like, if you were to take any image from this movie and then just show it to someone, they'd be like, I have zero idea. What is happening? What here. is happening? Yeah, I mean, this, you got Swiss Army Man, which is also, I think, an underrated film, personally. I would love to watch that um, on the podcast yeah. and, like, talk, just because me and Luke like it so much. Really good. Um, everything Everywhere All at Once really is just an amalgamation of everything good about a movie. Yeah, honestly. It's, it's so fun. Um, did you have a favorite fight scene in it? Because there's a lot of combat that happens in this one. There is a lot of combat that happens in it. Um, I think the point where I was, like, scared it honestly wasn't even a fight it's when the uh the it's a uh jobu tapaki it's when, when she first appears when she first appears and takes on the cops and i was like okay i mean she's just like a, a little tiny gal like she's not gonna do much and she turns one of them into confetti and then blows into a gun and turns it into bubbles or some shit into into vape juice into vape she juice the yeah gun. i was like oh no this is not good i don't know as you guys kind of like know, at least from the eight episodes that we've done so far, like stakes for me are very important. Like when we watch something, um, so that moment for me was really cool. Also, the moment when uh, Alpha Alpha Waymond um, takes the uh, the paper to try to give himself paper cuts because it was just I was like, ooh, 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 no, 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 <laughs> uh, to get into the fight. Um, that was cool. Yeah, all the goofy shit that people had to do to like. To connect to their multiversal selves yeah. was very, very fun. Yeah. Oh, also, okay, all right, my actual favorite fight Let's is when it. they come out of the uh, the secret sex room. Oh, yeah, and she Evelyn, gets the, she, Evelyn gets the pizza skills, yeah. the sign twirling skills. I was like, imagine having a minimum wage job and using that to beat the it's shit so out of good. everyone. It's so good. I worked in a pizza restaurant. I don't have remotely nah. any of those skills. <laughs> well, she was thankfully connected with the best sign twirler in L.A. County. <laughs> So she was all good. So what about you? What's your favorite fight sequence? In this? That's I I really like even just the first fight sequence that happens because mm-hmm. you're like, what is happening? Like yeah. what in the world? That first time you watch it is just so fucking fun. Um, the butt plug fight's really good. Yeah, I think the oh butt plug my God, one yeah. might be my favorite. That's excellent. Combine like you go from the the um you go from uh. From Debbie's character, the the woman with the dog, uh, fighting um, fighting Evelyn with her dog with in the Shih Tzu. Show. Yeah, it's just so. Was it a Shih Tzu? Or was it a Pomeranian? It, I think it was a Shih Tzu, but I might be. I think it was a Pomeranian. Let us know in the in the comments on Patreon, and uh, you can DM us on Instagram and let us know. And on YouTube, it was a Shih Tzu, on, and on YouTube. Yeah, we have so many forms of media for for our our the beef waves yeah. to fly through <laughs> at this point. But let us know if it's a Shih Tzu or a Pomeranian. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the cast with this? It was awesome. Um, to be totally honest, I mean, um, Michelle – is it Michelle Yeoh? Yep, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, she does a great job. I think I think everyone else 
is such a character and it's not her fault that she is kind of like more of the lackluster character in this to me personally wow i completely disagree with that i feel like she does so much like character work in this like with all the different forms of her and well, I, I mean, I mean, because I mean, you look at, I mean, but you, she's you less at, zany than, yeah, less zany. Yeah. I mean, you don't really see a lot of versions of her. Like the versions that you see of her are just kind of like her mind being but transported she, into she the body. She played that rock, you know. <laughs> she typed those words yeah, out herself. She, she ate that scene up. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so let's let's kind of break it down. Let's break it down from the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. We jumped into fight scenes, so we we can kind of breeze past those because yeah. this has such a a wide array of metaphors and, and story that just kind of um, are very family oriented. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a very small, big movie. It is. Yeah. You know? A lot of it just takes place in the, that office building. Oh yeah. Most like, yeah. the entire movie takes place in the IRS office. Yeah. Um, so we meet Michelle, yo, Evelyn, her husband, Waymond, um, what is joy, her? joy, joy. And um, they kind of all have a broken relationship with each other. Um, very honest and true to life. People just get busy and they get um, mistreated. And there's a lot of misunderstanding happening. And from the very beginning, Wayman is like, uh, I want a divorce. Well, he doesn't reveal he doesn't it at the beginning. It. Yeah. That's a little a little bit later down the line. But, but he's it's planned. Clearly it's planned. trying to. Yeah. 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 And uh, Joy brings home a girl that he wants. Becky. Becky. Um, who Evelyn and Waymond are, like, familiar with, but they aren't – I don't think they're aware that they're dating until – No, they're aware. Are they? Yeah, they're totally aware at the beginning of it. It's it's Gong Gong that they don't tell about Joy and Becky's relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I was just no, mistaken on that one. Um, so that's kind of where the story starts. Oh, I should stop doing that. Sorry. I'm playing with my necklace. I need to stop doing it. Um. We go to the IRS office, and we're in the elevator going up to meet um, – what is it? How do you Deirdre. That? Deirdre. That's such a hard name to pronounce. <laughs> um, when Alpha Waymond uh, takes over Waymond's body, and Evelyn's like, oh, shit. What is going on? <laughs> um, and she gets, like, these, like, earpieces, and they essentially can, like, map her brain across the multiverse – um, and that's kind of – that's where the action starts. Um, yeah. We get to see her, like, first trying to split between multi-versions of herself, her being at, like, the – at her audit f- from the uh, from the IRS. And yeah. And her also being in that apocalyptic storage room, I absolutely basically. love, though, how confused I was at yeah. first, like, when it's, like – You don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah, and, like, it just gets a piece of paper. It's, like, pretend you're in the closet. Close your eyes and think that you're in the closet. And it's, like, is that how, how it works? And then, like, Waymond is, like, pulls a piece of chewing gum from under a table, and I'm, like, is the power from gum? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how does this work? I feel like it would have operated in any – like, if it were operated just, like – very much like oh i can press a button and go to any other universe in the multiverse it would it wouldn't have been nearly as fun oh not at all no. no all the weird shit that they have to do to get there is like excellent the randomness such is a beautiful. wonderful idea yeah yeah i love wayman so much i think wayman's he might be my favorite character in this it's for, for for this movie it's between him and joy just so so kind he solves his problems with words yeah very good across it seems every universe almost every universe yeah. he has a way with uh 
with working with people. Yes. For sure. It's so cute. I like sexy billionaire Waymond, too. Yeah. Mm. At first, I was like, oh, they're, like, together in every universe. And he's like, nope. Nope. Mm-mm. This is not. You played with my heart once. This is not. Yeah. I'm not going to do this I like thing. how separately they're the most successful versions of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so let's talk about joy a little bit. Let's talk about joy. Do you – so we see two versions of her basically, right, in this. Yeah. Correct in saying sure, that. Sure, sure. I think. What did you think of the – God, I have – Jobutapaki version? Jobutapaki. I'm going to zoom in on this name because I am just not going to get it. <laughs> I love Jobutapaki. I mean I think it's very much like examines the complete loss of hope that one could definitely experience yeah. with experiencing every heartbreak from every reality At combined. the exact same time. And it's yeah. also – this this film does such a – it has such a cool um, – approach to uh like generational trauma mm-hmm. in this because there's so much like shame circulating the family around joy's uh th- this universe this this multi-version of joy that is gay mm-hmm. um and it's really interesting to see like how they go deeper into um how they go deeper into evelyn and gong gong's relationship all of that like how evelyn basically completely went against her parents' wishes, but she's, like, so resistant to let Joy do something similar. You see you see a lot of moments where um, Joy, not the character, but, like, Joy is lost. Hope is lost. Like, very yeah, specific yeah. moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Evelyn saying to Gong Gong, oh, this is her best friend. Or even, like, Gong Gong initially being like, like, what are you doing? Let's, like, how we're operating this is not okay. I'll handle it. The divorce. He's, like, very just points yeah i mean i would say that his, that uh that wayman's uh execution of the divorce thing is a little more haphazard than like yeah yeah it's sure. very, he's very hopeful he's like i thought like it worked out for was it his brother who got divorced got divorced or was yeah. it another family that it was his brother. i just couldn't remember if his brother like actually got divorced from his spouse i think so i'm pretty sure okay but there was another i think there was another pairing that like did well were closer than ever because they brought up divorce mm-hmm. and they fought for it and everything. Um, yeah. There's like a really cool mixture of misery and joy sprinkled throughout this movie. Yeah. You know? And just like the the, the truth that Jobu Tupaki kind of brings is like, I made a bagel, a really big everything bagel with everything, every single thing. And what happened? It collapsed on itself. <laughs> And it's just it's it's just a black hole of despair, basically. It's like when you go in, you're not coming back out, and uh, that's like the threat facing the multiverse is that this thing is going to destroy everything. Yeah. Um. And it, I, I was kind of uh, well. Okay. We meet Jamie Lee Curtis too. Yes. How do you feel about Jamie Lee Curtis? In this? I love Jamie Lee Curtis in this. Yeah. She has so many fun comedic moments in this. Like ja- Jamie Lee gets to do so many. Uh, her standard stock role, the the Deirdre character, is like s- such a character already, mm-hmm. um, and it's cool to see all of the variations, the romance that we get between uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh. In this is wonderful, yeah, best cinematic romance I've ever seen. I want to know what Jamie Lee Curtis thought when she read the script. They got the hot dog fingers. I bet she bust her ass laughing. Yeah, she was like, yes, 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 absolutely. This it's is something so for funny. sure. She would just love to do. I'm glad yeah. she did it. Um. So, 
Oh, okay, so the whole point, though, also is that Alpha Waymond um, goes to Evelyn and is like, if we, if we can get you to figure out how to manipulate the multiverse like Jobu Tapaki, who is Joy? I don't know if we said that. But they don't necessarily want – I don't know if we did. Jobu Tapaki is Joy. I don't know if they necessarily originally want her to become like Jobu Tapaki. They, they want her to be able to defeat Jobu Tapaki because they kind of get worried when she starts splitting off. And they're like, we can't have two. Because yeah. you have, like, Gong Gong, like, you have, like, ultra instinct Gong Gong in his Mac wheelchair. <laughs> With that, his like, NASCAR that, wheelchair. That wants to shoot uh, the, the, uh, the, let's say, uh, the, uh, let's say the, like, just the unremarkable versions of all these people. Yeah. Because these are, like, the base template. We'll call it the base verse. The base verse versions. <laughs> this version is based as fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of uh, of this family. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I, I mean, it it does kind of it just resembles the Matrix so much. This entire. I know, and you concept. kept saying that, but I feel I feel like it's so like even more like imaginative and like creative it is, than the absolutely. Matrix in every way. Um, Not that, like all love goes to the Matrix, of course. I'm sure without the Matrix, like something like this might not have ever existed maybe it would have yeah but but there is like the concept of the one there's like the concept yeah. of taking paths they have the moment where they're like literally in the office building running away from essentially an agent that yeah. was sent like as a no as, that's as a viral agent from you know the multiverse yeah that's so fair. like but um so yeah she starts splitting off into like these different uh universes in her mind and they're like oh her mind is gonna break and he and they're like oh no she's different she's different they also explain or alpha wayman explains that uh oh man i lost my train of thought he explains that she is the most mundane person and that she doesn't do like anything the reason she's so good at everything is because she's so bad at everything yeah yeah her. she's so bad at everything in her universe that she's better at everything she in every so other universe <laughs> direct alternate life paths that yeah are more successful than her I had the thought that I was like, "Wow, I hope that's my case." Yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, you think that's us? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you think yeah. you're like you're the base you're the based version of Alex Morris? One hundred percent. I don't. Wa I wonder if I'm the based version of Luke Hodson. No, Luke, you're you're, you're pretty good at most things. I'm like a mid. I'm like the, a mid multiversal. Yeah. I can't be mid. I have feel like I have to be like bottom twenty percent still. <laughs> well, but there's just so I'm, I I hope that. There are exceptional versions of me in the other multiverses. Yeah, but you're exceptional now. You know what no. I mean? Yeah kind it's the truth shut up no i'm only nice sometimes he's very nice i don't want people to know that alex is the nicest person i've ever met don't say that all right i'm bad as fuck hey we, hard as fuck we gotta do what wayman says we we have to treat people with kindness be kind stop fighting and I, that's my favorite part of this film <laughs> i fucking love the positivity of wayman oh my god it transcends all hate and all confusion and all fear. Everybody needs to take a page from Wayman's book for sure. Absolutely. Um, I w what was your favorite universe that you saw in this movie? My favorite universe? I really like the Rock universe. Like the first time that you see it, you're like, "What the fuck is happening?" Um, and it was really fun. The first two times I saw this movie, I saw it in theaters, and it was really fun to see how like a packed theater responded to this film. And oh, that every been awesome. and every time the rock thing came on, people like just didn't know what to do with themselves and inevitably burst out laughing. They would go from like bur like bursting out laughing to like quiet contemplation because the rock dialogue is so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's very um, good. 
I think my favorite universe is. Oh no, my favorite oh, my favorite universe is is Rakakuni. I was about to say it's the Rakakuni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just laughing at the. There's name. just so many like small jokes that appear like near the beginning in the middle of this film that end up being like huge fucking deals. Yeah, and yeah, it's so fun. Oh my god! And honestly, not even that the Rakakuni thing like was even a big deal at all. <laughs> like it, it, they just made it work, and I love this movie for it. God. That's amazing. God, that was so good. Um, so, yeah, the Rakakuni was my favorite. I also love that Rakakuni was, like, a practical effect. Yeah. Like, it was just a puppet for Rakakuni. That was excellent. <laughs> also, in that universe, everyone can operate anyone using their hair. Cause I know. Yeah. Evelyn jumps on Homie's head and is like, starts controlling. They control each other. It's very cute, actually. It is. Um, I love also the pink, pinky kung fu Evelyn was really good. Yes. When she like breaks the – she gets trapped by Alpha Gong Gong and she breaks off the, the legs of the chair with her pinkies. Oh, that's so good. good. Um, so yeah. So back to like just like the mainline story. Um, Jobu Tapaki grabs Evelyn and is like, I don't want to kill you. I just want someone to see what I see. Mm-hmm. And so – she takes her to the everything bagel and is like, just look inside. Just look inside. Tell me what you see. And she's just overwhelmed and consumed. And honestly, it's never really said what she's overwhelmed or consumed by. But as Joy kind of explains, it's like every – like you're just kind of a part of every universe, but you only get glimpses of the bad stuff, and you can't stop the bad stuff. It just happens, and you will always be just like a passive character in any life that you are in. And that was really sad. Yeah, that is very sad. Because I think even in one universe, and you know, you can think in your brain, like I'm just a passive-ass person living this life, and I have no control. And that's just something that I was a very like – Damn. Like – I'm not going to say I, like, heavy relate to it. I'm not, like, what was me or anything, but, like, you can, and you're, you know. For sure, but I feel like that's why this is such a good, like, this whole film is so analogous for life in mm-hmm. general, too, because there's constant good, there's constant bad. Obviously, there's constant bad more frequently for some people than others, Yeah, and some people get more good than bad compared yeah. to others, but in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of, sometimes it can be hard not to feel like a passive piece in your own life. Yeah. You know, you know what someone asked, and this is this is off topic a little bit. Someone asked me this the other day. Um, I didn't pose this question to you, but this question was posed to me as we all kind of operate within opposites. So this person explained it like she is rage and peace. Those are, those are her opposites in her life that she feels are like the things that make her up. Mm. So what do you feel like in your life are your opposites, like your duality? Oh, I don't know. Because mine was, like, joy and, like, cynicism. Joy and cynicism. Those because are really I think, good for you. Because, yeah, I think I, I, I am a joyful person, but then some days I'm like, what what are we doing? <laughs> like, you know? I don't know. Maybe, like, patience and compulsion. <laughs> yeah. That are my two? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You are a very patient guy and also... <laughs> Oddly compulsive. Oddly compulsive. <laughs> this man's a menace sometimes in our... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Boo boo ba boo There's just been lots of moments of general life contemplation, and this movie was very helpful in that. Yeah, I love this film. This this movie always makes me feel good. Yeah. At the end of it, which I can't say the same for a lot of other excellent films, you know. Yeah. But this one, like, 
it's it takes you on a roller coaster, but it ends at a calm, like a little a little calm, serene patch of we can make this work. It kind of ends. It, it ends in the eye of the storm. Like of course, yeah, those issues so. are not over. Those issues are going to rear their heads. But um, how we get to the end is um, Wayman does his whole speech on like everyone needs to be kind. Evelyn uses kind the kindness fight is very fun yeah too. the kindness as a as a tactic like i think my favorite one the guy was like he was like my, you have a bad spine thing <laughs> that was really good and she just, i like, was about to ask you which one your favorite i think that one was thing like, was what, what else was there I'm having uh there time. was the she had the the ball gag for the one guy that was in the bdsm yes uh there was the guy who uh was kind of like creepy around evelyn because he missed his wife yeah uh who she sprayed her perfume on Right, it made right, him right. feel better. Um, yeah, those were the main ones that I can remember. I think my favorite then for sure was the spying guy. He's like, "Thank you." Yeah, that one was really good. <laughs> yeah, and it, I love how it, it constantly like cuts between like the universe that sh- that they're drawing from and the and the like the base version of themselves. It's yeah. like harnessing that power. It's very fun. It is very fun. Um, and then. You know, Evelyn kind of has, like, an important lesson where, like, Joy goes in and she's like, I'm not going to stop you. Like, you I, – I can't stop you. I have no right to stop you. And gives her the opportunity to go in and kind of come back if she wishes. Mm-hmm. Not that either of them knew that that would be the case, like, because I think everyone – Well, she kind of pulls her out at the end. Kind of, yeah. But, I mean, she also reached out back for her. Yeah, that's know. true. Um because it's something you don't know that they're going to come back and from. it's so good it's so good like jumping between the super super high stakes black hole version of the event mm-hmm. and the event with them all back at the at the um at the dry cleaners um or the or the laundromat during the lunar new year mm-hmm. um and you have like all that shit going down with the black hole at the irs building and you have just this like desperate parking lot conversation between mother and daughter, mm-hmm. and that that's like it's it, it it's so cool because it takes those imaginative moments and it fuels the stakes of the mundane. Yeah, but in the same, it, but in a really cool way, it's like sometimes, like a lot of times in life, where you're going through something that feels scary and intense and um, kind of hard for your soul to digest. Like the stakes sometimes do feel like you're, like there's a black getting hole pulled and... out from a black hole. Yeah, you know really, what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's that it has really cool like overt imagery for the challenges and tribulations of just normal non multiversal life. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, this really is like a family story that, in a lot of ways, largely revolves around a tenuous relationship between a daughter that doesn't know what she wants out of her life. And a mother that feels like she can't connect with her daughter in yeah. any way, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really cool that all this can happen and it still gets – it can still be distilled down to that basic concept. Absolutely. Because in the grand scheme of things, I honestly don't think this movie is it, – it is technically, visually, and narratively, like, so impressive and dense. But the basic tenets of the story are so simple, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I, that's what I think makes this a really good film, is that they add all these like accoutrements to this like wonderful dish, but the base is so strong, yeah. And they they remember the reason why they're adding all this on is to complement that, 
central mm-hmm. story. Yeah. So I really like that about this film. I love it. I love it. I couldn't have said it better. That was beautiful. Um, so, yeah, we kind of just end it in the, in the eye of the storm. And there is, of course, more storm, more black holes, more universes, all this wonderful stuff. And um, that's, that's just that's life for you. All right. What what do you if you could draw on any one of your multiverse selves right now mm. and just like have a day spending time as that one, what would it be? Like in that universe or get no whatever get they the do? yeah and and be like you're. I mean, you still be would kind of would be between universes. I'm telling you, but so. you're primarily using it to do something in our timeline. Okay, here's the first thing that came to my mind. I want to see like the break dancer step up version of myself mm. that can like do like cool neck tricks and backflips and you know bounce on my hands and shit and i want to go to a sub a subway platform and just absolutely wow an audience like that nice yeah i think that's the thing i would pull from right now not that i like need anything exceptional you know what i mean but that would be kind of cool what about you Hmm. i think i want to be uh, the the aquatic version of myself, <laughs> like like I like I got fucking crossbred somehow with like I want to be Aqua Boy, I want to be Aqua Luke. Well, for a I day. was just assuming we would get. I didn't know we could like actually like change physical. Listen, form if there's if there's hot dog finger version of Evelyn, there's got to be like like uh, Barracuda version of Luke. You know. Okay. <laughs> If you like swimming around like Shark Boy, yeah. really, I just want to be Shark Boy. I think. I think. You I think should, that's what happened here. Uh, you would make a great Shark Boy. You think so? You should. You should play adult uh, Taylor Lautner. Adult Taylor. Uh, damn, damn it. Yeah. Taylor Lautner's already an adult though. Yeah, but how like, am I going to play adult Taylor Lautner? I just think you just you just have yeah you can do it. Yeah, you, you think so? It. Yeah, you got Shark Taylor. Tendencies. Get your people. We'll talk to my people. <laughs> you can play his evil twin. Yeah, I'll play your evil twin. We look exactly the same. You could, my voice cracked there because that was the truth. <laughs> my voice only cracks when I tell the honest truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, damn, man. Now I kind of want to change my answer. Too late. All right. Now well. you, have to, you have to be cheddar cheese stuffed hot dog, Alex, now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Rotisserie chicken, Alex. <laughs> that works. That works. Uh, so, cool. Let's, uh, let's do our ratings. Do you want to rate it first since I rated last time? Sure. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so, my general ranking of this movie... There's really not much I I can say that's bad about it. I think, like I said, well, okay, Michelle Yeoh, to me, like I said, was maybe the weakest link. But like, Ooh, as like, what? No, I, stop it! Wow. Okay. Let me I'll, get I'll let, let me get through my thought. Okay. okay. Because it's hard as a lead in anything to be like the most excitable character. I and, and that's that's true. If you're an actor, writer, director, you know that that's true. Um. But not to her discredit, I think she did a very fantastic job. That being said, this movie for me gets a 9.7. It's very up there. I, I'm Fuck it. 10 out of 10. I'm giving it 10 a 10 out, out of 10. 10. Would you have wanted Michelle Yeoh to do anything different, or do you think that's just a circumstance of the screenplay? I think it's a circumstance of the screenplay. I think if we could have seen her as the other versions of herself instead of like her mind being transported to those universes I feel like we got to see that kind of seeing amount, but not not like enough it's though. like little little small versions yeah especially because yeah, like we you see, don't get like, to see like her be like like how alpha waymond is there for like scenes on scenes where it's exactly. just in the same world as exactly. her exactly or so, Utapaki where she's just yeah so that, that's fair. that would have been kind of cool to see and if there's a longer version of that movie you bet your ass I'm strapping in there actually is an extended version of the film that I'm, I haven't seen yet we should have watched that one I'm gonna buy that I think 
It's definitely worth it. Yeah. It's a wonderful... It's one of the most original movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, talk about a movie that doesn't have anything like it. You could make comparisons to similar multiversal films, but none of them come close to the level of originality that this one has, in my opinion. If you... The closest I can think it comes to, like, if I could compare... Mm-hmm. Okay? Into the Spider-Verse and The Matrix, if you put those two yeah. movies together, then it kind of comes close, but still the, the outright absurdity of this yeah. and making that work for itself. And is... just the, the, the ability to so effortlessly balance, like, total bonkers goof humor with, like... Down-to-earth. Down-to-earth, yeah, like, grounded. We've gotten lucky with watching a lot of, like, grounded emotional films yeah, recently. recently for our classic versions yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. So you you give it a 10 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Mm. And I'm very excited to watch the extended version. Um, beef score. You watched a TikTok recently? Uh, oh, yeah, we did. Uh-huh. Watched a TikTok recently where this guy's like, there are $10 million worth of beef in this warehouse. Best steaks in the country. And I think it's it's one of the best steaks in the country. I agree. It's worth all $10 million. I, I would I would put this movie against most other movies, so uh, it's it's just ten million dollars worth of beef, baby. Yeah, definitely. Your turn. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's a super high score. I I give it a. I'll I'll give it a nine point seven. Okay. I don't know what else could be better about it, but that's just what you. I'm giving it a nine point seven. I think, and it's so. This movie, I feel like I could truly watch like. I could watch this movie multiple times in a year and still find incredible enjoyment from it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those films where, like, there's, like, little small things that you'll notice that, th- that like, surprise you each time that you watch it. Like, little small details that you either forgot about or just, like, hadn't seen before. Because there's just so much stuff jam-packed into this movie. Um, yeah, it's just a real treat. And, yeah, I'm giving it a 9.7. In terms of beef score, um, I'm going to give it... Uh, like a like a multiversal bucket of beef, like what the everything bagel is, but with every permutation of what beef could mean to a human being. You're so much better at this and beyond. Thing. Damn. So I'm I'm getting um, yeah the per, the permuted uh, or permutated I guess the permutated uh bucket of beef is what I'm getting. Cool. Yeah, I love it with the everything seasoning. Beautiful. Are we good with everything? I feel like I'm never going to feel good. Like, I feel like we could talk about this for a very, very long time. We definitely could. But we do need to get on to our imaginary commercials. <laughs> our fake commercial break is on its way. Thanks for sticking up. The, thanks for, wow. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you over in uh, Kangaroo Jackland. In three, two, one. Beep. Beep. Hey there, folks. I'm here talking with Alexander Morrison. I have a very specific request to ask you, Alex. What do you want to ask me? Who would you like this uh, this podcast episode to be sponsored by? Hmm? I would like this podcast episode to be sponsored by New York Ball Caps. New York Ball Caps, folks. Yeah, you can get them for $5 on the Brooklyn Bridge, which is where I got the one I'm currently wearing right now. I don't know who it's been touched by, but I'm very excited that I got it for five entire dollars. They'll say things like, hey, folks, get your ball caps here. Because they all sound like that, right? They do. Yep. They do. And they all go, New York! It's a place to be! Yep. And then they jump ten feet in the air. They sure do. Backflips and all. Mm. And then they say, don't hurt yourself. I just did. That's how it works. Yep. Luke! 
Who do you want to be sponsored by? I got to think of mine. Uh, propeller hats that help you fly. Because that's a real thing. That's going to be mine. Uh, <laughs> you know, like the little little dunce, little pr- propeller caps? Yes, I know what exactly what you're What if you could strap it on about. real tight and fly like you can in Mario? That seems incredibly dangerous I for think, people to own casually. I think that would be my choice. Uh, you also get, like, the same level of power-ups as Mario can, and you have 99 lives. You have 99 yep, lives? but you still can't commit crime. <laughs> or else you lose every life you've got. You lose every you life. get multiple year sen- multiple year multiple life sentences. I feel like it should also include like a flotation device or like a big bubble suit that would No, be I all... want I want the base, but the base propeller. No knee protection. <laughs> no knee protection. You just got to be really skilled. <laughs> like when you see videos of people that don't know how to use those water propelled jetpacks <laughs> and they just eat shit immediately. Yeah. Like that. I want it to be like that, but it pulls you by your head. I feel like this is a terrible sponsorship. <laughs> but you know what, though? I respect your imagination and tenacity. This uh, this episode is also sponsored by injury lawyers Harrison Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Morrison and Hodson. <laughs> yes. Uh, We're ben, here to help ben, you. Been in a neck-related slash knee impact-related uh, propeller hat propeller hat incident. incident. <laughs> We've helped our clients get millions of dollars. Call 1-800-OUCHIE-O. And we'll get you straightened away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know it. All righty. Are you good with our sponsors? I think we are. Oh, it's getting so hot. I think we're under the... Is that a bilby? The Australian sun. Whoa! Let's get to the other side of this commercial. I think we might be there in three, two, one. Even that's kind of western, but kangaroos. Hold on, I'm switching tabs. So Luke, Luke. So I'm supposed to talk about something because Alex doesn't isn't prepared for Kangaroo Jack. Listen, I'm in charge of making sure we can see the cast list, and I'm trying my best. What do you think is the largest kangaroo that you could defeat in single handed combat? Like in terms of height, like Like height and weight, height and weight. Yeah, I could take on for sure, for a fact, 100 percent. A six foot tall, two hundred and seventy five pound kangaroo. Wow! Someone set that up. Uh, if we can do it ethically somehow, if we if we think, get a kangaroo that like has a paycheck and I think all I gotta do is hop in the pouch and start just absolutely oh hitting little. What jabs. if it's a, what if it's a male? It has to be a female kangaroo. No, no, no. If it's the male kangaroo, then I'll just grab its tail and hold on for dear life until it gets tired. Wow, that's a brave attempt. I could do it. Have you seen how strong they can hold their entire body weight up with their tail? I can hold my entire body weight with my feet, so I don't I really you understand. Were say that. I mean, <laughs> so what? We're just comparing. I think I could beat a sixty-pound kangaroo. <laughs> no, you would mangle a sixty-pound kangaroo. I want to know I can for sure win to the death. Well, okay, so I mean, so we used to live in Detroit. You go to yeah, you know, you see all those kangaroos hopping around. Well, listen, the city streets, look, they're down not the cast even corridor. They're not even <laughs> like behind a cage. They let you into their enclosure, and they're like, "Hey, if they walk in front of the trail, don't like just stop moving and stand still." Those are also small kangaroos. Some they of are them not are full small. size. They're like all sixty pound kangaroos. Listen, all I'm saying, city. if I had a box of popcorn and like an icy in my hand, and like this kangaroo walked in front of me. I, I could take it. I'm 100% certain. That's not a 270-pound, 6-foot-tall kangaroo. Excuse me. If it was a 6-foot-pound, 6-foot-tall, 270-pound kangaroo, I could st- I could beat it with an icy and a popcorn in my hand. Do you think you could beat a 6-foot-tall, 275-pound man? No, because they have thumbs. Oh, I see. The second someone grabs my nostrils or my earlobes. But the kangaroos that like, literally gut people with their feet. 
not the same thing. It's not the same. No. Different animal. Absolutely. Okay. I could take them. So <laughs> okay. all that suffice to say, we're talking about Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo <laughs> Jack. All right, Luke. It's synopsis time. Oh, my God. Go I'm going to need to look baby. at the names here. here. I'll even make them bigger for you because I'm a gracious host. All right. Perfect. Tag team duo, Charlie Carbone and Louis Carbone. Carbone? Carbonet. <laughs> Uh, Ch- Charlet Carbonet <laughs> and Louise Bouquier, Bouquier um, are two ragtag, fun-loving guys that live in the heart of Brooklyn, whatever that means to someone in the 2000s. Uh, <laughs> Who doesn't? Who's not familiar with New York? Yeah. Louis is always getting Charlie into trouble. Too bad Charlie's stepdad is the head of a notorious crime family. Oh. When too many deals go sour for this dynamic duo, they get sent on a one-way trip to Australia, home of the wallaby, home of the kangaroo, home of the koala. But don't think too much about the koala. We're all about that kangaroo. They've got $50,000 in cash that they're supposed to hand to another Australian gangbanger. When something goes awry, they hit a kangaroo with their truck. The kangaroo gets their cash (laughs) and their jacket. How are they going to get out of this one? Good thing there's a really beautiful nature-loving gal that can help them out. It's the 2000s. Who knows what's going to happen there? (laughs) So that's my synopsis for Kangaroo Jack. I had never seen this movie oh, before. Oh my fucking Alex god! Alex had seen this movie. Uh, why did? Why were you excited to watch Kangaroo Jack, Alex? The, a lot of reasons. Um, but uh, <laughs> stop <laughs> it. Primarily, this cast is stacked, and for those of you who don't know, this movie this is a very unexpectedly stacked cast. Yeah. Well, this movie was supposed to be like rated R, and it ended up uh, the rating was brought down to like PG. Um. So the adventure is as much as it's like set up for like a kid movie. A lot of this sometimes is not. No, and and it's interesting because uh, just to put this in perspective, so I personally found a similar level of enjoyment out of Kangaroo Jack that I got out of the Mummy. Mm-hmm. To me, it's absolutely crazy the disparity in, um, uh, in um, review quality between kangaroo jack and the mummy yeah like the mummy has like what a 70 percent or a 60 something percent on rotten tomatoes kangaroo jack has an eight it has an eight <laughs> percent on rotten tomatoes it's a splat i, I it's it, what does it have on imdb it's a 4.5 rating on imdb yeah it's a little kinder than rotten tomatoes but it, it kind of makes sense because like if you look at it from the lens of like this was advertised exclusively as a children's movie it totally misses the mark yeah absolutely. for sure absolutely. but for two goofballs like us <laughs> man oh man it was perfect <laughs> oh man initial thoughts buddy uh christopher walken surprises and delights in this film <laughs> he was in his bag in this era because he did this and then uh the country bears oh what where he just is like this kind of conniving evil just weird things to say like i don't know he's really good in this uh, the chemistry between uh, Jerry O'Connell and Anthony Anderson is also ex- exceptional in this yeah, movie. Yeah. This movie would nowhere be, be nowhere near as enjoyable as it is now 
without the chemistry of these two guys. Absolutely. Honestly, I, I, every like there were so, there were so many aspects of this film that I think I could I could have found absolutely unforgivable <laughs> that were that made me feel fine about them because the chemistry between all of these actors was good. Yeah. Like they had excellent chemistry. Like uh Estella Warren was great in this film and they do the same kind of shitty like 2000s things that they do to female characters in movies. But there's they just all share like this really good chemistry and camaraderie throughout the film that I'm kind of like I felt like my resistance to it was weakening somehow throughout it. I could tell, I could tell because this is every a, time, this is another case. Oh, sorry, I'm interrupting. It's okay. No, I was just gonna say like we were watching this and every time Lewis fucked up, any time Lewis fucked up, initially Luke was like Jesus Christ, and then he kept messing up and he was like Lewis. Lewis! I did get mad. Jeez, Lewis! Like, it was just like he was getting more invested. I could literally hear him. So I was like, this is this was a job. Lewis one. doesn't stop. We <laughs> also have another case of uh, of sexual sexual assault starting the sparks flying for a, a, a romantic love interest. Goddamn early 2000s. <laughs> this fucking film. I would say that Jerry O'Connell's was maybe a little bit less... Uh, it's still egregious, obviously. A little less intentional than fucking Brendan Fraser's The Mummy Kiss. Oh, absolutely. Because he, in his defense, he does think it's a sexy mirage dream. Uh, saying that without knowing the exact contents of that, it sounds absolutely cringeworthy and horrifying. Heinous, yeah, a little bit. But, uh, and it is heinous. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's the 2000s, and I think I'm... I've just been beaten down by it. How many 2000s? Shit. Every film is guilty of it in the (laughs) 2000s. Like, there's not one. Please tell us. Tell us. Give us one that isn't like this. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Please. Uh, Because honestly, tell me any rom-com. Not that this is remotely a rom-com. No, no. But give me any rom-com from the early 2000s that doesn't involve sexual harassment or assault. I will give you $20. That, wow. that, that's like widely that's that's like that was widely popular. That's that doesn't have at least one instance of either sexual assault or harassment. Let me know. I I was like Zorro in my head when you said that, and then but, you, you know, went, "Oh, never mind." Yeah, no, he strips that girl with a sword. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Oh Jesus Christ! But okay. we're we're the wrong generation. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Come on. <laughs> All right, Bob. So, um, yeah, that was my little rant. I'm just, I feel like I, Kangaroo Jack has unlocked too much in me. <laughs> too, so much animosity. I feel his face is red. <laughs> I can like see it. Um, so we start in Brooklyn, or no, we don't start in Brooklyn. We start with these two as kids, and I looked at Luke yeah. and I was like, "This is us as children." It literally is. I kind of wish that we were friends as kids. Yeah, I do too. We would have had a blast. Yeah, for sure. Um. Where uh, Charlie is saved by Lewis because Charlie's, like, drowning or whatever. And then you see, like, a baby version of Michael Shannon's Frankie. And from then on, it's it, well, it's like a it's like a Jerry O'Connell narration. But he's like, Lewis never let this go, that I saved his life. Yeah. And now... We, we get the standard, like, early 2000s white guy narration. Yeah. Like, this hit, this checks a lot of boxes for the early 2000s. Yeah. You know? Lots of boxes. Um, but then Charlie's like, and then I owed Lewis Booker for the rest of my life, basically. And Charlie's working out of a, a hair salon. Uh, he went to beauty school. And Lewis is like, hey, I got to get these TVs across town. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. And he's like, this is just another day in Brooklyn. He's, like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is pretty illegal, man. I, like, I'm already my, – my stepdad is with the, uh, with the mafia. Like, uh, this is not good. And Salvatore like, Maggio. Yeah, Salvatore Maggio. Salvatore Maggiani. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you owe me. And 
Charlie's like, cool. So then what happens now? Yeah, it's uh, the truck's hot. It's a stolen truck. And they go on this crazy car chase. Destruction ensues. They jump out of a tra- into a trash chute and into the river. Yeah. Well, um, because Lewis is so fucking dumb, he, like, takes the truck to, like, lay low. But it ends up being Salvatore Maggio's, like, warehouse where he stores all of his stolen shit. Yeah. Just very randomly in all of New York. The it's, one like, the biggest been- crime bust in the history of New York City. <laughs> And he's At like, least, listen, when they fail, they fail big. Yeah, yeah. You know? Very true, very true. And so Salvatore Maggio is like, well, you got chicken blood. And so you can't – what does he say? He says something along the lines of, like, a, a lion can raise a mouse, yeah. but a mouse is still a mouse. Yeah, but a mouse is s- still a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I like you. that one. That yeah. was nice. <laughs> um, so he's like, you need to get this $50,000 or, or this bag. They don't know there's $50,000 yep. in it yet. You're going to get this bag to Australia. You're going to give it to a guy named Mr. Smith, and then you're going to come home. And they're like, okay. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. But we know as the audience, once Charlie and Lewis leave, that they're like, it's a one-way trip. <laughs> they had coming back. <laughs> that one wasn't good. I can't do Christopher Walken. I think I can a little I feel bit. like I, I end up coming be- kind of like a, like if a Mickey Mouse was sort of like also Christopher Walken. <laughs> You're giving me, uh, you're giving me the guy from Home Alone a little bit. Give, give him the tickets, Goofy. <laughs> They're not coming back. <laughs> uh, but then, like, one, like one of my first, like, really, good, like the one of the first good gags in this movie. Is uh, they're on the plane. Charlie goes to the bathroom. You think that's a good gag? I actually that's one of my least a, favorite. Gags I thought this it was film. excellent. Well, because I don't even think you're paying attention during some of it. During the, this, the part of this gag, oh, okay. where he like opens the money, he's like, "Oh my god!" And he goes into the bathroom with Charlie, and they're like, "Oh, it's so big and green." Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just pick it up. No, can I smell it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I really like that bit. I thought it was. I thought it was cute. Some good old potty humor. Yeah, on the plane. So then, why don't you get us into the into the main action of this yeah so the main action with this with this film basically happens when they're they're driving to the drop zone for mr smith they hit a kangaroo and then lewis is his lewis self and decides he's like oh it looks like jackie looks like jackie legs from from canarsie Canarsie, (laughs) which he does apparently um they start posing they start posing with this dead kangaroo they're taking pictures lewis puts on the jacket that he has this red jacket that he has does it say Brooklyn on it? It's it says this, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, it's this red zip-up hoodie that says Brooklyn. And then the kangaroo wakes up, beats them up, and runs away. Little do they know, the money, the $50,000 they're supposed to give to Mr. Smith, is in the kangaroo's pocket. And that's kind of where we are. That's the chase for yeah. the entire movie. And they can't catch this fucking kangaroo for shit. Which, how could you? You're in the middle of the outback. In the middle of the outback. And they get so lucky. I love the bar that they go to. We get another great, so many comparisons between this and The Mummy. We get another really a really great pilot character, an old man. Yeah, we get the the drunk Australian guy instead of a sober old Englishman. Um, who did you like more out of pilots? Oh, the Englishman for sure. The Englishman you yeah. liked more. He was so for the adventure. He was like that is true. He yeah. did have like a certain sense of moxie to him. Yeah, yeah. You put that pilot against uh, the people he was attacked by, Frankie and his goons. I feel like he would have held his own at least a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I think so. He pulls out his officer's pistol and gets gets things taken care yes. of. Um, but in this bar, um, this is where Lewis separately meets Jesse, who runs the um, – An animal sanctuary. Yeah, basically. an animal sanctuary, yeah. And she's like, well, go get a tranquilizer gun. 
that's the best way you're going to find this kangaroo. Like, find a plane. Go do that. I don't know where they find the money to do all this. I don't know I don't know either. if they're, like, telling everybody that they're working on spec and that they'll pay him at the end of the project. Yeah, it's, like, off of merit or something. Or, like, the guy was so drunk, he was like, yeah, I'll fly a plane. I don't give a fuck. You yeah. have a tranquilizer gun? That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so... They take the, the the plane out. Lewis shoots fucking the old man in the neck Aussie with a tranquil- yeah. uh, with the tranquilizer gun. Plane goes down. Nobody dies. Everyone's fine. Mm. No broken bones. Because it's a kids movie. Remember. <laughs> Wonder if in the rated R version. I don't want to know what happened. I don't know what depravity <laughs> they did in the rated I would R version. Love I like to know. so much want to see it, and also know it's probably a shit show. <laughs> probably, but it'd be great to see what that original cut looked like. Yeah, and then so. uh Frankie is like, okay, I guess I got to go to Australia. So they go to Australia, they get in the car with this guide, and they're on the way. Mm-hmm. So we know what's going on right now. Uh, they start, uh, Lewis and Charlie start walking into the into the desert, and a bunch of dingoes are there. Um, Charlie makes a really mean fat joke. <laughs> He's like, well, because you're like the all-you-can-eat buffet, and I'm the salad. I'm the salad. So get eaten, bitch. Damn. <laughs> And then, like, a random sandstorm happens? Yeah, a random sandstorm happens. They're, they're, they're like, super um, – I like the sandstorm bits. I liked it when, like, when Charlie sees the car and he's, like, finds the Slurpee and is, like, <laughs> rolling down the windows and playing music. And then he's just sitting in the sand. That's very fun. This is where we also see Jesse again. Yeah. this is Jesse <laughs> appears in his mirage. Uh, he grabs her boobies. He grabs her boobs. <laughs> he gropes her. Uh, and then she, I think she knocks him out, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She knocks him mm-hmm. knocks, she knocks him, him the out. fuck out. And this is when the weird hallucination happens. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is, because when I was a kid. Which is I, what I thought all of Kangaroo Jack was like. We all did. I always thought that Kangaroo Jack just talked the whole movie. We all did. When we were when we were younger, you saw the poster, you were like, oh, so this kangaroo has sunglasses and a jacket and is really cool, probably. Um, but no, it's actually a very terrifying hallucination that happens for two minutes and actually terrified me as a child. Really? Oh, very much so. Dang. He's just too close to the camera. Oh, yeah. It's like when he's like, oh, it's hard to fit my... Nice. And he like slams his little paw on his face or whatever. Starts singing Rapper's Delight. <laughs> um, I also like how they, they randomly play uh, the intro to Gangster's Paradise <laughs> whenever Jackie Legs gets away. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, like it happens six times. Yeah, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Um, or no, it's not Gangster's Paradise. It's uh, rap. Well, what is that one? Hold up. Hey. I know what you're talking about. Oh, come on. I don't remember the name. It's from the Chronic. Oh, shame on us for not remembering yeah, the name of that song. Bad. The next episode. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, the scary part of that is when it's like. Christopher Walken's like, so you have chicken blood. And Jackie Lee's like, oi, chicken blood. And they're all like, chicken blood, chicken blood. Like, that's yeah, low-key Yeah, that scary. is a little creepy. Um, so, yeah, we, we get back, and Jesse's like, yeah, I'm going to help you guys find this kangaroo for $2,000. Also, I'm in love with you now, Charlie. I'm not sure that even happens, though, until they, like, they, like take random, a bath together. They take the bath together in the beautiful, like, oasis thing. <laughs> And maybe they're just like, ah, eh, whatever, we're in the fucking woods, why not yeah. get a little freaky, you know? Which I, I guess I can understand. Yeah, yeah. It just happens very quickly. Yeah. Though. It's, like, unnatural. It did not feel right at all. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they wake up from that, though, and they're surrounded by uh, the the Australian hunter, Mr. Smith. Mm. And this is when Charlie's like, I'm going to 
I'm going to grow up. And also we learn in this movie that camels are superior to to everything else to once cars. again. To cars this time. Camels, there's so many weird comparisons that I can make between this movie and The Mummy. Because <laughs> camels are the, like, they're the alpha and omega <laughs> in both of those films. Um, yeah. A lot of use out of the camels in this one. Yes, yes. Um, and just go because I'm about to bring up the hairdressing scissors because he uses the hairdressing scissors to escape the ropes. Because yes, like, yeah. But just going back a little bit when they're at customs and uh, tell me because I've never gone through customs at all. When you get to a place, do you yeah. go through security again? It depends on the place that you go to. Typically, you don't. Okay. Typically, you will not go through security. Because watching this, I was like, why are they going through security again? Typically, the only – no, but you do have to go through customs. Okay. So if you go to a different country, you always have to go through customs. They'll typically have different lines. So, like, in Australia, they probably would have, like, a line just for Australian citizens and then another line for foreigners. Okay. And it's the same thing. Okay. In Europe, they'll do, like, the EU line and the other line. Yeah. Same thing when you come back into the U.S. from another country. They'll always ask if you have something to declare – and anything over $10,000 is something that you are legally obligated to disclose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually think that bit is probably my favorite comedic bit is when Lewis is, like, taking pictures with, like, the customs guy that or whatever. That is fun. And then Charlie walks up and just like, good day, mate. And immediately <laughs> Immediately gets <it's> bodied. <laughs> yeah. It's because of his hairdressing scissors, which he just keeps in his back pocket. And they let him keep them for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he buys another pair. Maybe. <laughs> when they get the – Because there's no way they're just letting him – Go back with that. Yeah, it's very strange. So he, he uses his hairdressing scissors to cut loose. Um, the ropes, yeah. Yeah, the ropes that they're tethered Good thing to. they're made out of human hair. Yes, and he steals a That's gun. That's actually what why the the mob gave him his hairdressing place, I think. Because they're, they're using the, the hair clippings for nefarious purposes. For, to make. To make rope. To make rope. Specifically binding rope for hostages and BDSM and things like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a hot take, man. Yep. Cool. I like that. It used to be right at R, man. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So they escape. They get back to Jesse. Frankie's there and is like, hey, kid, go on. <laughs> like, oh, thank God you're here to save us because Charlie's so smart. Lewis is so smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so like, smart. He's like, no, you idiot. We're here to kill you. We're here to kill you. Take that money and go home. I do like that That the stepdad uh, had them pay for their own hitman. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, so then a big chase ensues. This is where we talked about the camels because the camels are very fast and can beat all cars. Yes. Lewis falls off a cliff, mm-hmm. um, which actually for, for me, I, like it was intense. It's like kind of intense yeah, to watch Yeah, it that. is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, much as Lewis constantly fucks up. Yeah. Which you is... do want to see that fucking guy be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, they get him up and they have a sweet moment um, where he's like, hey, you saved me. Like, I don't owe you anymore. You don't have to be my friend. I fuck up a lot. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, man. You just... You save me all the time. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. It, it hits you with the with the unexpectedly deep, uh, thoughtful moment from the the main protagonist, just like every other early 2000s film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then they're all good. They're all good. Um, but we see – you laughed really hard when we saw Jackie Legs, his family. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. The baby Rue. That shit's hilarious. And the wife. <laughs> <laughs> You were like, whoa, a twist. <laughs> it was so funny. Charlie gets kicked again. Uh-huh. Um, and that's kind of where we are with this movie. Yeah. Um, and what, do they end up <clears throat> They end up getting rich because they, like, invest in something? And they invest. They take the 50000 and invest in what? It's like a hair cream made out of... Uh, oh, that's what it is? Yeah. They make the hair cream out of something. Yeah. Kangaroo 
sweat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking remember. But yeah, they get rich. They have a yacht. Bam, and all is good. And all is good. Um, so what are your overall thoughts on this? My overall thoughts of this film is like, don't take it too seriously. It's goofy. I think if you like smoke a bowl and watch this, you'll have a good time. Like, obviously, bear in mind, it's like the early 2000s, so take with it what you will. There's probably some, like, there's always going to be something that can annoy you and be like, yikes. Yeah. Honestly, sure. but it's just the era, and that is is what it is, I guess, you know? <laughs> At this point, from what I've learned in the, our few, like, early 2000s films that we've watched. Mm-hmm. But there is a level of enjoyment to be had at this film. Don't yeah. take it too seriously. Um, if you like buddy movies, I, there's definitely worse buddy films than this. Yeah. For sure. Can I give it a rating? Or do you want to give your honest thoughts and then I'll... I, I, mean, I mean, my honest thoughts are pretty much just... I mean, it's very similar. Like, I used to watch this a lot as a kid, and I felt so cool watching it as a kid. Because mm. I was like, this is for sure older. Like, this is meant yeah, for that makes older sense. than me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it has a special place in my heart. I know it has like, it has like a following behind it too. Yeah. It definitely gives off like cult. Yeah. Film vibes. Yeah. So that's really cool. Cause it's just so like, it's kind of in a different pocket. Yeah. In terms of like buddy crime movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we were joking while we were watching this. We were like, well, we should, we should be playing them in the, in the reboot. <laughs> so my question to you is how would you change this movie? If we were in the reboot. It'd have to be rated R, first off. You want the rated R version of yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. It's gotta be rated R. And you don't need to have Jesse in as a romantic interest. Sure. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Because w- what does she have to gain? Absolutely. You know what I mean? dollars I guess. Yeah. That's it. What's Charlie have to offer this this woman? Literally uh, What are we talking about? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. She was like, I'm the expert on this. I found your kangaroo. Yeah. Money. Exactly. Like, that's all it should have been. Yeah. Um, like, I think there's a way to make Kangaroo Jack like Bullet Train. Yeah? I do. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's kind like of an interesting Like a crazy thought. Western, us, like a Western-y vibe, like, A movie. little bit more fast-paced. Fast-paced. A couple more explosions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I agree with that, for sure. But go ahead with your rating on this one. I'm going to give this a 6.1. Okay, fair enough. I think it's fun. I think it's kind of a mid-film, but it's yeah. a good time with friends. Um, Yeah. That's that's basically it. Your beef score. My beef score, I'll give it a it's a quarter pounder for me. Quarter pounder. I don't think it's like a must watch in any way, but it is fun. Um yeah, it's a fun goofy movie if you got a buddy that you can relate to with it. Yeah, it's fun. It's very good. Um I'm probably going to give it a 6.5. <clears throat> also nothing crazy, especially watching this like right before everything everywhere all at once. I think even the sixes are kind of high scores. Like yeah, if we're comparing, I think so too. you know, yeah. um, and I'll just say, you know, it's a smash burger. I think it's, uh, that's good. Yeah. Cut in half so you can share it with it's a like, uh, like it's, it's a meal from fucking, um, oh, what's that? What's that Australian, uh, there's an Australian fast food place. I can't remember the name of it. My brother in Christ. I would never know. Oh, he's looking it up gang. Let's see what it is. Australian fast food. I feel like this might take a second. No, it won't. Hungry Jack. Hungry Jack. Okay. Cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. We good with Kangaroo Jack? Yeah, I think we are good for, for Kangaroo Jack. All righty. Well, that about wraps us up here, folks. Uh, if 
you would like to. And I mean, of course you don't have to, but... But it would make us so, so happy if you did. Yeah, just follow us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at Bucket Abuse Show. We did just start a TikTok of the same name. We're not really sure what we're going to do with it, but Funny it'll be... Clout. Funny. Uh-huh. Uh, numbers up. <clears throat> <laughs> All righty. Uh, please also be sure to follow us on Patreon. We sincerely, sincerely, sincerely appreciate everyone that has joined us as a patron. Um, we're very excited to get some more and make uh, additional great content for you guys. Um, you can join us on Patreon to get access to all of the Last of Us reviews that we've done yep. for HBO's um, rendition of The Last of Us. And there are two episodes left. Two episodes left. Uh, again, if you do sign up, you'll you'll still have access to all of the older ones that we released. We'll be discussing probably pretty soon uh, what the next uh, Patreon-exclusive podcast is going to be. Uh, but you will obviously be included in that as well. Uh, you also get uh, voting power on what we get to watch next. Um, if you're on the Patreon, you'll, you'll be able to vote for a Patreon-specific uh, poll that dictates one of the movies that we'll be talking about throughout the show. Um, if you're on any social media, you'll be able to vote for the other one. So if you want full power over what we're going to be talking about on episodes week by week, Make sure to follow us on Patreon. Yep. It's $4 a month. Not yes, crazy. Yes, please. You also get early access to our newest episodes. So if you have a, a beef itch that you just can't quite scratch, <laughs> we can help you out with some early access on Patreon. All right. Now we get to our Patreon shout-outs. This is the first time we've done this. It is. On, on, the, the, main, on, the, main on the main pod. pod. Yep. Um, so, Luke, just going to start. All right. A, a sweet, sweet thank you to Dwight, to Adam, to Julia, to Dina. Let me get in there. Let me get in there. Let me Brittany, get in there. Let me you get take in there. the rest. Olga, Rick, Nicole, Nikita, Nicholas Struby. Thank you so much, sir. We love you. And uh, we'll hope to see you on the next episode for episode number nine. As always, stay curious. Stay kind. enticed. Stay beefy. Beefalicious, definitious. Make, make the, the voice go beefy. 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 Well, what? Well, well, Bye.